There's another one you don't want to hear. Frankly, neither do I. Right now on the Power Court Hour, I'm very excited to be talking to Jeremy Porter of Jeremy Porter and the Tucos. Jeremy and the band are celebrating their 10-year anniversary with a three-album set full of fan favorites, B-sides, rarities, live cuts. There's a little bit of everything on these three albums. And on top of that, the band is staying busy on the road lately. And if you're listening to this on the uh, radio show and you're in Jamestown, they'll be playing up in Buffalo here in June, so not a very far drive. And uh, we're going to talk music, touring, 10 years of the Tucos, all that with Jeremy Porter. So, Jeremy, man, how are you? Anthony, I'm well. You? I am. I'm doing very well. I am. Uh, I'm excited to be here with you. Discuss some music. You're. Uh, you're someone. I feel like I've. I've. Uh, you know, we've obviously played you on the radio show and stuff before, but I'm almost surprised I haven't had you on sooner. So it's good to. Uh, good to finally have you on. Yeah, we've. You know, we played Jamestown at least three or four times. You know, we've done Mojos and the Wine Cellar, and you know, got a little bit of history there. That is, that is really cool. The wine cellars still, uh, they still do shows. And to be honest, I haven't realized they were doing up until like this year. And then, yeah, sadly, uh, Mojo's is gone. My aunt and uncle both owned that. And there's, uh, I, well, you know, there are some new venues popping up, which is nice. But until those venues are really like getting their footing in and getting it done, it's it's right now we're uh, we're hurting for some venues, I would say. So we need some more wow. dives like that again. Well, if anything comes up, let me know, and uh, we'll make sure to route back through there. Oh, we always had a good time there. You know, it's a, that's that crazy kind of n- not a big city, not just a tiny little crossroads, middle ground. You know, towny bar gets crazy late at night type of place. So oh, we, ab- love those, we love those kind of joints. Absolutely, and it's something I don't think I realize. Like how you're just explaining it, I don't think I ever realized that until I traveled around and saw the rest of the country and kind of realized the perspective of where I lived and yeah, like a, like a place like we got like 30,000. So you're right. It's like this real towing the line of we're far from a big city or a major city, but also we are the big city to everyone like surrounding us. It's a, it's an interesting kind of uh like in between that Jamestown exists in that. Yeah. I didn't realize for a long time, but I think you just painted Jamestown very well. <laughs> I, I think very accurately. <laughs> it's also kind of strategic too. Cause it's close to, like you said, Buffalo, but like, we could we could route through Erie or Cleveland, or we get up to Rochester or, or Syracuse or whatever, and it's kind of right in the middle of that whole big area. So it was always it was always a, a great great place for us for that reason too. Oh, it's been it's been great for shows because I mean we get you know all those all those like you just mentioned all those cities are obviously bigger than us. So like if uh, you know if acts come through, a lot of them will go play like in Erie or Buffalo or Rochester or even like Cleveland, Pittsburgh. But the nice thing is, as a concert goer, they're so close that, I mean, it's not – I've kind of said that. Like, I almost feel like I've – I've. we have a music scene here, but I almost feel like I've been part of multiple music scenes because for the longest time growing up, you know, there's a lot of going to Cleveland for me. There's a lot of going over to Buff. So it's like I'm going like Ohio, Pennsylvania, and New York and kind of like checking it all out, which in the end I feel fortunate with – because a lot of times, unless like you, you're touring around, so you get to like see different music scenes. But I feel like there's a lot of people who might live in a bubble in whatever city they live in, and they never really see any other scenes anywhere else. You know? I do. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. And I mean, it's 
it's nice if you if you live somewhere where all the shows come through and you don't have to travel. But like you said, there is also something to be said for for having options to go, you know, a couple hours in any direction and, and hit something. You know, you're you probably have access to a lot more than than some other places. Oh, absolutely. No, it, it is uh, is very much like that. So, like, let's get let's get into the band. You know, we're a few months into 2022 now, and I know you guys have been doing a few things. So, I mean, catch us up. What is uh, what is Jeremy Porter and the Tuco's been up to lately this year? Yeah, so we, I mean, we wrapped up last year. You know, last year was so weird because the the pandemic was was kind of tapering down there um, it, towards the summers, but the band thing wasn't totally up and running. So I did I did a bunch of solo work over the summer and into the fall, and then I I toured with some friends of mine, the Wild Honey Collective from Lansing. In the in the fall, we went out to out to the East Coast, out to Maine and Vermont and New York and New Jersey, and played Albany, uh, probably not too far from you. And um, they're like a kind of an Appalachian bluegrass band. And I sat, I did my solo set, and then sat in with them on lap steel and mandolin and and whatever kind of more in the background. And then right in November, the Tucos did one last run down south and. Um, you know, going into the holidays, our bass player bailed on the band, which wasn't entirely unexpected. And we got a new guy right away. And before Christmas, I was, you know, in the basement getting him caught up. And we kind of hit the ground running. I mean, we played a, you know, he learned he learned 50 songs in about four weeks. Wow. Yeah. And then we played a, a four-hour show in Maumee, Ohio at the end wow. of January. Jeez. And um, and we we had a bunch of shows booked over the winter, and most of them were like an evening with. So we would play all night. You know, we would play from like 9 to 1 or 10 to 2 or whatever. So yeah. he, he got initiated really quickly and just has done a fantastic job. So that's that's been a big change for the band um, right there, you know. But we also put out this collection that you mentioned – you know the uh bottle bottle regrets the first 10 years which is a three cd thing and that that was a lot of work that started last year as well that started in probably october november um just you know tons tons of work getting that together and digging through those archives and mixing that live album and all that so that's kind of been the other big big thing going on so far this year is getting that out. And then since then it's, it's just kind of been on and off the road. You know, we, like I said, we did a bunch of kind of real localish stuff, not, not Detroit, but one nighter, two nighter things within a, a short drive of year. And uh, last month we went way up North up to the upper peninsula and did a couple shows. That's where I'm from up there in Marquette. And then, uh, yeah, we're going out this weekend. We're heading back down South to Kentucky and, and West Virginia. And then, um, we got we're going west in May out to like Wisconsin, Indiana, southern Illinois, stuff like that. And then uh and then out your way upstate New York in June. Nice, nice. Have yeah. You, have you ever done, you know, like you're talking about like those four hour performances, which I gotta say, yeah, to be initiated into a band, I mean it might be it might kick your ass while you're doing it, but that's probably the best way to get in. Like, has the band done much of that that in the past where you are like, like kind of like you were saying, like the residency or you are the entertainment for the night and you do like a four hour set? Is that normal for the band? You know, this band is, is, is pretty versatile. You know, we can definitely do that. We can definitely play, 
you know, four sets if we have to of mostly original material. I mean, we're definitely not a cover band. We don't we don't have a set of covers. Uh, we do have a few covers that we that will play, but you know, it's not your run of the mill type of cover band stuff. So uh, it is original material. Um, we do play, you know, brew pubs or occasionally like a bar and a grill where, yeah, where you 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 know you set up at six seven o'clock at night and you tear down at two thirty, you know. Wow. So we're we, but then we also play, you know, we can also play like a punk show where we do a thirty five minute set with three other bands. You know, that's not unheard of either. And we've got some of that stuff coming up. So it's um, it really allows us the the versatility when booking tour dates to not only to make more money and to have better shows, but just to avoid having nights off and just to be flexible to get into into different rooms, you know? Yeah, it, it's actually something I'd written down. Uh, what you're just talking about, like with versatility, like I was, I was going to mention that to you or, or like ask you, like, I feel like, and sadly I've never seen the band live. I definitely got to come see you live. Maybe I'll come to that Buffalo show. But like, I feel like you can get away with playing with a lot of different kind of bands and fitting in with all of them. Like, I feel like you guys definitely have a, uh, there's a, there's a sound to the band, which I mean, if people haven't heard you, we'll play you after the interview and all that. But like, there is versatility there. I, I feel like you can fit in. With the, I mean, you could fit in with punk bands. You could fit in with some garage rock bands. I mean, even like some alt country bands. Like there's like, I feel like there's many different ways you can go. So I mean, a lot a Jeremy Porter and the Tuco's live show. Then it sounds like you guys get around with like you know different music scenes and different kind of music and stuff. You're not really just playing with one kind of you know sound or genre. Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. We 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 do play with a lot of different kind of bands and. And we can we can hang with all those guys like we can we can play with punk bands and like you said like an all country band or you know a, a bar rock band or a rockabilly band or whatever. Um, we don't we don't generally cater our sound going into those nights a whole lot, um, you know, based on the bill. Like if we're if we're playing with a rockabilly band, you know, we're not necessarily going to do our most rockabilly stuff, even though we probably could have a set that's, that's pretty rockabilly ish, you know, but um, yeah, but we can certainly hang with those guys. And, and, you know, I, I, we kind of find that a lot of people, they like that diversity when they go out, you know, that, Oh, here, you've got this, this Americana band. And then, you know, you've got these guys who are a little more punk and it, it makes it more interest. I more interesting, I think for, for the people who are there to, to see a little bit of diversity between the, the acts that are on the stage. Oh, absolutely. And I also, I feel like too, if you, a lot of times with lineups like that, like if their curator kind of thought out a little bit, I mean, you also start seeing, there might be differences, but like, even though those four, maybe you're on a four band bill, like you may not all be the same genre, but like you can start hearing the similarities or like where it does connect or where it like does fit, you know? And, and I, I am with you there too. We're like in a, in a live setting, I like to have different things as long as it may, you know, not, it doesn't even have to be a mishmash. Like it can still make sense when it's all put together, but it doesn't all have to be the same thing. You don't, you don't need a four band bill of all, you know, just every band playing like quick, I don't know, mid in 30 songs and stuff like me, you know, maybe you have one of those and then maybe you have like, again, maybe like an alt country band, you can hear that punk influence and stuff like all those things start to intertwine. I feel like, I mean, I do a lot with the radio show. Like when I, you know, trying to think of what's play, like I'll try to mix things up and go, you would never think of this next to this, but 
if you find the right songs or you start to really think it out more than just throwing shit together, you know, it starts to make more sense. And then that way, in that way too, you kind of start getting to people like, I feel like you kind of get them out of their comfort zone. Like I'm sure you have too. I'm sure with, uh, you know, with your band, maybe someone came to see another band that night. And again, maybe you don't sound directly like them, but there's, there's some commonalities there. And that person ends up leaving a fan and maybe, maybe they would never really listen to things that would be like the Tuco's, but like, you know, because of, because of lineups like that, where there is a little, you know, like diversity and it's a little more eclectic, you know, you end up, I don't know, you end up like changing people's minds and kind of broadening their musical horizons, I think. Oh, yeah. Well, that's kind of the goal too, right. Of playing with other bands. I mean, you know, it's cool to play with, with, with a band who may have a, you know, a younger crowd or a different genre crowd or whatever. And you can, you know, you can make a connection with those other people and then they, you know, they'll start getting into you. Maybe they'll start looking into some of the other bands you're playing with or other bands on your label or whatever. So absolutely. I mean, that's how, that's how audiences grow and that's how people diversify their record collections, you know? Oh yeah. No. And that's what I do. Yeah. You know, look, look, you you start, you know, Oh, I, I like this band quite a bit. So, you know, well, who, who does this band cite as an influence or, or, who are the bands that this band tours with or whatever. And pretty soon you're, you're into those bands. And then that just kind of spider webs out. And I'm, I've discovered a lot of great music that way, you know? Oh, absolutely. I, I tell people that all the time. And that's one of the lost things is like, even just going through the liner notes and finding out like, you know, who they, who this band thanked or, you know, this or that, or who they played with. I, I mean, that is, it's the best way to find music. I think like that's, that's, it, it's something people don't think about a lot where you're like, well, how'd you discover this band? Or how do you know so much about this or that? It's like, it's because I, cause you go back, like you like that one band and then it's a domino effect. It's like, like you said, who influenced them? Who influenced that band? Where did this genre start? Who kind of, you know, like who started this subgenre? Who did the, you know, like, Oh, this guy was also in this band. Oh, there's this side project. Like exactly. You start yeah. spinning off and all of a sudden it's like, wow, I just discovered like 20 great new bands. You know, you got to do that's, some discovery. Well, like you said, you know, and you, you might, you might, you might find some of that stuff in liner notes, you, you know, back 20 years ago or whatever. But nowadays we have, we have the blessing and the curse of the internet, right? <laughs> yes. So there's, there's so much music out there that it's so difficult to, to sift through it, to, to, to find the good stuff and to wade through the crap. But at the same time, I mean, if you hear somebody who you really like, uh, and, and this band is at a level where where they've got a following of some sort maybe you know maybe you go maybe that band has a message board on their website or something and and what's real common is um is a thread on some of those message boards of other things people are listening to so these are going to be people all over the world who like the same band that you like but this is other stuff that they're listening to and it could be a bunch of stuff you've heard of it could be some band in their hometown like us who's just putting out a you know records that they would never never be otherwise exposed to so there's still ways to kind of spider web that out from stuff that you like it's just you have to approach it differently now and there's and there's just so much more of it out there oh absolutely i mean navigating it because you're right i mean the internet is so i don't even know if i'd say 50 50 for music but there's such good and such bad but like that is that is the good of it. That really is what you were just talking about there. It's like because there's so many bands that you discover that you otherwise wouldn't. And even even like I also think it gives a lot of bands and, and releases and stuff a second life because I mean there's there's 
obscure like you know punk bands from like the 80s or 90s who maybe put out like one or two seven inches that have been long out of print for decades and I just happened to stumble upon them on the internet or someone brings them up and it's like if the internet didn't exist there would be no way I would know of that you know it's like if it wasn't like a band who was on a major label or was like really big and it's just some I don't know obscure say midwest punk band from the 80s like again with like two seven inches Without the internet, I mean, unless I luckily like find one of those in a record store, you know, blindly going through a through a bin or something, it's very unlikely I would ever discover that. So, I mean, I, I do think it does give you you got to navigate it, though. It is it's the it's the hard part because you're right too. There's so much of it. Like it's great because everyone can put music on it, but it's also bad because everyone can put music on. Yep. <laughs> you're, yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, but you know, re- if, if if people are re- are really interested in and and motivated to find good music it's out there a lot of people a lot of people especially older people are just like you know everything's crap nowadays you know there's no this band there's no that band anymore and you know i I don't buy into that at all i think um i i think independent rock and roll is is as great as it's ever been it's just you just have to get off your ass and figure out how to find it and go out to a show and go buy a record, you know, and, uh, people are just, you know, the, another thing about the internet is that it's just made us so lazy, you know, it's made (laughs) it so easy to just not to, you know, it's, it's impossible to get people to leave the house and, um, you know, yeah, they have 4 million albums at their fingertips, but you know, they're still listening to, you know, whatever they're still listening to the, this REM record from 1985, (laughs) you know, which is great, but it's like, you know, there's been, there's been a lot of good stuff since then too. I mean, even if you, my whole thing, like you, you bring up a great point, like where people kind of get said in their ways and it's like, Oh, they don't make this or that anymore. And it's like, honestly, you can find other things, but even if you want like carbon copies, like with the internet, there's so many bands who sound or derive from so many of these old bands where it's like, what are you talking? Like you can get a band who sounds just let, like say REM like I like you can find so many bands if you just went on the internet or figured out how to find music where it's like I mean if you just want more of that I'm sure there's bands making it in 2022 oh yeah you know like you, it's not on the radio maybe or it's not like just thrown in front of you but it's like if you just go look a little like you'll you will find what you're looking for I I promise you they are still making whatever whatever music you're complaining they don't make anymore someone's making that music yeah, and they're, and they're probably, you know, they're probably playing a couple miles from your house for 10 bucks too, on Friday night, you know? That's, I mean, that's true, too. I mean, like, I even look at your tour dates and, like, the amount that you're touring, it's like, you're another one where it's like, you could find your band and go, wow, this is great, and then you look, I wonder if they're playing around me, and you look, and it's like, there's a good chance you're, pl- you're playing somewhere not too far away. It's Yep, I mean, you, that's on the bands, too. You know, the bands got to get out there. They, they can't just be... You know, you can't just throw your 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 iPhone up in the corner of your of your practice space and record a couple songs and throw them on Bandcamp and you know hope to hope to get famous. You know, I mean that's just that's not the way it works. And and you, you I still firmly believe in paying dues. And and I mean I've been doing this for a long, long time. Still very much paying dues and and getting out there and and um you know, you know, fostering relationships is, is just so huge for a band nowadays. And a lot of bands just don't do that. You know, whether, whether they can't, they just can't get on the road because of, of, of other, other things in their life that, that won't allow it, or they don't want to, or they don't know how to, or whatever. I mean, it's, 
it's the only way really to do it is just to do it. And, you know, I get asked that a lot too, you know, well, how do you, how did you book this? How did you do that? How, you know, how'd you get these shows? How did this happen? It's just, you know, you, you got to get out there and do it. You know, it's the same thing as from a fan perspective or from a, from a musician perspective. It's these things aren't going to happen by themselves. You know, it's not, it's, it's, it's not like it was when, you know, there were, you, you could get Rolling Stone magazine and read about the new REM record or the new Who's Could Do record or the new X album or whatever, you know, it's yeah. not, you know, I mean, you can still do that, but there's, there's a million other things out there going on now. Yeah. It's not the one like, I, like that's the other thing. Yeah. There's, there's like, at one point you have like, you know, only a few avenues of which, you know, maybe you, you find out that so-and-so is touring or this and that it's, you know, Rolling Stone or maybe a handful of the magazines and stuff. And now it's so spread out. You know, it's not it's not all in that like uh, you know like in that one spot, if you will. But I mean, yep. I mean, like with with touring because you guys do tour so much. I mean, was that something? Have you been touring from the get go with the Tucos, or like did you kind of did that come in like later on? Like like how soon after forming the band were you just like gung ho about getting out there and and playing? Um, you know, it's it. I was in a band in the nineties called slug bug out of, out of Detroit here. And we did some touring. Um, and it, it was, I mean, it was a lot of fun. It was, it was like, you know, life changing kind of stuff, but it was also really difficult because it, you know, this was in the days of putting a cassette and a press kit in an envelope, sending it to a <laughs> bar and calling them two weeks later, you know, times a hundred. So it was expensive it was incredibly time consuming. It was incredibly difficult. And, you know, a, 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 that's what bands did back then, you know, and it was also a lot of fun, but, um, that band broke up and then I was in a band for, for about eight years called the off ramps. And it, it, you know, I was kind of soured from the whole end of the slug bug thing. And the off ramps were like, I, I, we were, I felt like we were a good band, but it, we never, we didn't do much road work at all, you know, just a very little bit. And, um, as that band went on six, seven years, I started to realize I, you know, we need to get on the road. I miss being on the road. We should be on the road. And then as I kind of came to that realization, I was ready to do that. Then the band broke up. So then I formed the two goes, um, in a sort of glossed over version of it. I formed the two goes and right away, you know, right away we were, we were doing long weekends and getting out. And then we put out our first record in, I guess, uh, 2013 and we went out for a longer run and started ramping, ramping up after that. And generally trying to do anywhere from 40, 50 shows a year since then, nice. except the pandemic, of course. But yeah, that's, and you know, I, I was going to ask a second ago and, and kind of forgot cause you were talking about it with just like, getting into things and just kind of doing it. I mean, do you, that's the thing. Do you think a lot of people just kind of overthink these things? Like it sounds like with this, like you just jump in and do it. Like if you want to go tour, don't sit there and think about it. Like you just got to go tour. Maybe it won't, maybe it won't be the great, you know, I'm sure it gets better with time, but it's like, if you want your band to tour, no one else is going to, no one else is going to book that tour for you. You just got to kind of do it. Well, I think you're absolutely right. I think, I think what happens is I think a lot of people have, have, musicians that maybe at, at at this level have they have um they have the desire to do that you know and and they want to do it they they have the they have the ability to do it they want to do it they have the desire to do it 
but the the reality is that they they just don't have the gumption to do it you know they don't they don't have the you know the patience the endurance the stamina the the work ethic to 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 get in and and to and to and to put out a record that you can tour behind and to 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 do all you know the the incredible amount of of, of just rejection and ambivalence and and you know sheer just it, people just ignoring you that that it takes to get those shows booked you know and it's an incredible amount of work and um some people have the ability to to stick at it and some don't you know and um i think people go into it with good intentions i i just don't think they're that people's intentions are always as as realistic as 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 they wish they were they they think about the the fun like you know hour or whatever playing on stage but not like the what it takes to get to get to that and even after like all the you know it's an hour on stage but all the other work that just goes into that and stuff yeah i feel like some people like might gloss over that and not realize until they start doing it yeah like they think it's you know they think it's like a van halen video or something it's but it's like you know like i said it's just it's an incredible amount of work um you know to break even is is a pretty good weekend (laughs) you know um and and then if you throw in um somebody who has kids that complicates things incredibly uh somebody who has you know health issues or a family member with health issues i mean there's a somebody who has a job who who just cannot get away very often you know there's 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 a hundred reasons why it is it's a really difficult thing to do and you really have to you really have to want to do it you have to be able to do it and you have to have the um the drive to do it from the you know from reaching out to the venue for the first time to doing good posters having a record behind you and um you know teaming up with good bands in these towns and sending the posters to the venue, sending the posters to the record stores in the town, uh, trying to do press, trying to do radio. I mean, it's, it is never ending, you know, for us, it's, it's a constant, it's a constant circle of booking, promoting, recording, writing, booking, promoting, recording and writing. I just, and it's, it's great. I'm not complaining about it, but I just don't think a lot of people have, I don't think a lot of people have the tenacity to do that because unless you really, really, really want to do it, it's just not worth doing. No. And I, I also, I, I think you're right about that. And I also think that, uh, you know, people don't realize that with those kinds of things where it's like a, it's kind of a thing that never turns off. Like the work isn't done because I feel like no matter what you can always, there's never a time where you couldn't be doing something. There's not like, if you really start thinking about it, like, and I'm sure I, you know, I'd like to hear if if your if your mind kind of works like that. But like, I'm sure like no matter what, you'd be sitting there going like, well, I could be posting something on our social media page, or I could be reaching out to so and so, or I could be even just trying to write something, or I could be working on this. Like, it's one of those things where it's not like you work, you know, nine to five and then it's over. You turn your head off until you know nine o'clock the next day. It's like that's that's like just twenty four seven. I feel like you just have shit that you could be doing for the band. Yeah. And there's more, there's more, there's more shit that you should be doing that than there are hours in the day, to be honest with you, you know? So you just kind of do, you just kind of pick what you think is the most important and, and try to tackle that. But it's, it's a, it's a cycle, right? And and it's even for, for a band like ours who, 
who you know we're not we're not massive we're not playing really big places or anything like that by any means but it's it's a, it's a cycle even for a bigger band where you know you okay you put out a record um you you support that record for a year or two uh, with as much road work as you can possibly do while you're doing that you're working on writing the next record and so as you're com- and then maybe you're breaking in some of that new material on the road, maybe you're not, but you're still trying to practice. And then by the time uh, a year, year and a half goes by, then you start talking about getting back in the studio, right? Because now you've got the, these new songs, you've you've been everywhere with the, with the old record, so it's time to it's time to do it again. So then you start demoing the new material, and then you go in the studio and you record the new material, and now you're right back where you started. Okay, so now you've got a new record, you know, and it's that's a circle that this band has now done four times, you know, in in 11 years, 11, 12 years. So um, I I enjoy it. I enjoy that 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 album tour writing cycle, you know, but it, you're right. It is it's a never ending, always something to do. You know, you should either be picking up a guitar or you can you can practice that solo that you blow every night that you never get around to practicing, <laughs> you know, or you can, yeah, you can reach out to that guy you met in that city who has a podcast, you know, and see if he wants to get together and talk about it, or you can do promo for your upcoming shows. I mean, there's, there's always something you should be doing. Are you ready to launch your new career in coding? Treehouse has one of the best and most affordable online classrooms for you. At Treehouse, they've rethought the learning process and built a proven system to get you the skills and knowledge you need to achieve your goals. When you're done with a course, you haven't just watched a video, you have learned, practiced, and absorbed a concept. Or choose to build a portfolio, create a network, and land your dream job with their bootcamp-style tech degree program. Land a development job this year, whatever your goal, they will get you there. Start your seven-day free trial today at teamtreehouse.com. Yeah, it, it's it seems like it. I I mean, I feel like to some uh, degree, I even have it with this, with the, uh, you know, just doing the show weekly. I always feel like there's something you could be doing or reaching out to someone or putting something on social media, doing something. And yeah, people, I don't think people think of that with some of the, uh, including for music, because I still, you do it, you do it way more, I think, with those cycles. But yeah, sometimes people don't think of the, they just look at the final product. I was I was actually I was interviewing a filmmaker recently for another another program and we were kind of talking about that where it's like it it sucks when someone tears something down or isn't, you know, whatever if you're not a fan of something, but it's like it's bad when it kind of sucks when someone tears something down cuz it's like they just look at the final product. They don't go that this was like someone's love or like it was an idea that someone had and all the time it takes to put in and like what just emotionally, physically, like all the stuff that goes in, like you're only really looking at a very small percentage of something. It might be the final product, but it's like it's honestly a small small amount of like, you know, what really went into that. And it seems like the same with music. Yeah, I mean that 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 comes with the territory though, doesn't it? I mean, you got to, you know, not everybody's going to not everybody's going to love everything you do and I mean, I remember uh, I mean, we've been fortunate. We 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 haven't had a whole lot of, of bad press. We have had some, but not a whole lot. But I remember a couple of years ago, probably five, six years ago, like I just got torn apart um, on the Internet by this this guy who came to see us play. And it turned out like uh, we were supposed to go first, but we ended up going on second. He was super pissed off. And, 
he went, he had a blog and he just went on this tirade about what, how, what a horrible person I am and all this. And, oh my God. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. Like way over the top. And, um, and like they had, they had traveled to see the show and they had to work the next day. So they couldn't stay for the second set. And they were, he was really, really angry and I felt really bad about it, but I mean, that's, that's kind of rock and roll. I mean, especially at the level I'm at that I'm at, you know, it's like things don't always run to the minute how you expect them to right oh, yeah. at, the, at the dive bar circuit I yeah, mean, you oh, have definitely to, there Are you, you kidding know, me yeah, you have to have some flexibility and um and i but i remember like like before we even loaded out he had posted this this poisonous blog and um <laughs> and i was really bummed out about it but at the same time i was like you know <laughs> we, we have a hater like isn't there's <laughs> isn't that like some some kind of success when yeah, you start yeah. getting to the point where where people really you know i mean like you know uh, michael jordan missed more shots than anyone in, in nba history right yeah but he's still <laughs> I mean, michael who, jordan you know, yeah i mean uh, it, you know tons of people hate dave grohl right yeah <laughs> he's still like, like you know but and he's still playing and he plays football stadiums you know so it's you know, whatever, you're going to get that stuff. And I don't, you know, I don't know. We get that, you know, sometimes we'll get that like from like punk magazines or punk websites or whatever. Like, you know, these guys, these guys aren't punk at all. You know, <laughs> I'm like, no, we're not really, you know, and it's, it's, you know, that's okay too. So I don't, I don't stress about that, but I, I get what you're saying. I mean, it is, you know, they are just picking apart, the end product of what you did but that end product is i mean if you're going to put that out there man then you know it better be the best you can do because you know they once it's out there you can't take it back good know? point so no, that, you, that's a very you better good be point. proud of it you know you better be proud of it no matter what somebody says and and you better be doing it for yourself because if you're not and you get that kind of feedback it might rub you the wrong way yeah. Yeah. Oh no, that, that definitely makes sense. I want to, I want to get back to something that, uh, you know, we we're talking about the, uh, you know, the three new releases and you kind of talked about going through like the, uh, you know, kind of the vaults or whatever, like finding these songs. I mean, this seems, cause I know, I know for like, uh, you know, bottled regrets there, that's kind of like the like greatest hits retrospective of the first 10 years of the band. I mean, was that, I assume it was, I mean, was that pretty hard compiling and whittling down to 21 songs, like going through 10 years of the band and going, this is kind of the, the you know, I, I don't know, definitive list or whatever. Well, kind of like we're talking about, it's the final thing you put out, you know, like once you put that out, these are kind of like the 21, you know, I don't know, defining tracks of the band or whatever. I mean, was that a, was that an undertaking putting that together? Well, um, the, of the three of the three discs, that one was the easiest one. Because, oh really? Yeah, uh, e yeah, for sure. Because, I mean, half of those songs were just were just like no brainers. Like, there's some of those songs like we played at almost every show. Uh, clearly, fan favorites. People, you know, songs that 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 you know people would request to see. Songs we've done videos for, singles, whatever. You know. Um, but it got a little challenging getting into the deeper tracks for that disc because um, there's songs that I probably like more than some of the stuff that's on there. But, you know, stuff that we would barely ever play live or something that I just didn't think would, uh, 
would flow as well on that, you know? So, um, there were a few things left off that, that for me were like, oh, I hate leaving that off, but then, you know, what do you pick above that? You know? Yeah. No, no. So for, I mean, for that record, that, that one was the easiest one. And plus being all studio tracks professionally recorded, a uh, little more organized. It, it was just a lot easier to say, Oh, here's, here's all that stuff. Let's compile this together for mastering. You know, whereas, you know, the live record had to be mixed. Um, and that was, that was the biggest, easily the biggest challenge of the whole project was mixing that live record. Um, that came from two shows that were um, over a year apart at the same venue in Toronto. And, uh, you know, slightly different rigs were used, slightly different recording techniques were used, but it was the same room. It was the same guy recording it, you know, but it was trying to get that to into one single listener experience was a huge challenge. Um, and then um, the, what's the third one the the rarities. So that one was kind of like in the middle, I guess, because, you know, I had a lot of that stuff. Some of it, I really had to kind of dig up. Um, you know, it's a, that is a really varying quality from outtakes of professional recording sessions to, uh, you know, stuff we did in the basement, just demos that, oh, maybe we'll put this on a record or just like a couple things. We just like a couple covers that we demoed for records that, you know, all right, this probably isn't going to make the record, but we've been playing this show live. Let's, let's just do a demo of it just to kind of have it for fun and, you know, so that was that one was a challenge just because the material varied so much. But yeah, the best of was was certainly the easiest one to put together. That uh, that live show, and I didn't realize it, it was two different shows. Yeah, I could see where that would be trying to you know, even if it is the same room and the same guy recording it. Yeah, like just those little, just those little things in there. You know, might might you got to make sure everything sounds good, so not like something that you kind of miss all of a sudden, you know, you can kind of tell it was from like a different show. I'm sure that has to be difficult for sure. Getting it to sound like it's all just one continuous. I mean, right. You're kind of making it flow like just a one continuous show. Well, that, that was kind of the goal. And, um, you know, it, like the bass was incredibly difficult because the bass sounded different on both shows, even though, um, he, he felt pretty sure he was using the same guitar and the same rig that I don't know if it was the recording or what, but it, it it sounded drastically different. And I think we, we kind of ended up with a middle ground that was pretty good. But there were only like three or four songs that were common between the two shows. Everything else was different. So it was also difficult. Like, how do you splice this together and make it, again, one, one experience, right? Like, yeah. how, you know. Like if you end one song and you go, okay, thanks, good night. But on the CD, you've still got four songs to go. You know, how do you do that? And that, you know, that was that was a challenge too. And then just just sonically, just trying to just get everything. You know, I mean, you know, I I mixed it, and I'm not. Uh, that is certainly not my specialty. But I don't know if anyone else would have had the patience to deal with me if they were mixing it. So I I <laughs> kind of took it on and ran it by a few people and got, got some help with it, but it was, it was, it took months. It, it, I've never spent so long myself with my, with, you know, with my hands on the, on the, the faders and the knobs and the dials. I've never spent so long uh, on any project before 
doing it myself. That live one really does sound, which is so funny because honestly, I, I was very much assuming that the hardest would have been just kind of putting the retrospective together in the live show. I guess I was just assuming was one show, but now, now all these, all these things, uh, put together. No, that live show sounds like that was very much the undertaking of this entire, of this entire three disc set. Yeah, it was. I'll, I'll send you the liner notes. It goes into a little more detail about, I think, I think it, I think I have it broken down to which show was from which night. Um, but I definitely have like the two dates on there and the two posters and the liner notes and stuff. I'll send you all that stuff. Oh yeah. No, but, I'd, lo- um, I'd yeah. love to see that when, when was, you got, when you recorded go there, I mean, was this, was it recorded with, with future plans of, of releasing it? I mean, was that always the plan when you recorded these or were you just kind of recording them at the time just for the hell of it? Well, that's a good question. Um, it wasn't actually. And, um, like he's just like hey i can record this to multi-track if you want and i was like absolutely you know and and then as i was coming up on this i've been thinking about this this three cd project for probably about four years um even though i didn't really get into it until until probably six months ago but um as as i was coming up on this project um you know i've got a lot of shows that are soundboard recordings but not separated into tracks like that Mm -hmm. and my original plan was to kind of take um a whole bunch of stuff from a whole bunch of different shows kind of like the um kind of like that clash that live clash album or some of that Minutemen ballot result stuff oh yeah that you know that's all taken from different sources and i mean the downside of that is, is it's it's less it's a less cohesive listening experience but the upside of it is that you have so much more material to pull from you can you can you can have stuff from like every era every bass player every tour you know what i mean and um and i i was really attracted to that idea and then as i and i actually went down that road for about a month and a half and i'm i'm working on these soundboard recordings you can't mix those right like you can't mix them. You can EQ them, but you can't mix them. Yeah. yeah and, um, yeah. and the quality just, I was struggling with like, uh, do I really want to put this out there? You know, whereas with those Toronto shows, you can mix them. Okay. So you can, okay. I, you know, you can, you can, you can turn the bass down a little bit under the guitar solo, stuff like that. You yeah. know, um okay the vocals are really loud there we can back those into the mix a little bit you know so i i just ended up saying let's just do live in toronto um it'll be a more cohesive listening experience um we'll get we'll it'll be more work but we'll end up with way better product and that's that's kind of why i went down that road i think it worked and, in I, was, the end. and I was glad to have them <laughs> i was glad to have <laughs> those those tracks because uh we'd probably be talking about a very different uh live record right now if i didn't <laughs> has uh i mean has the band both of those obviously being in toronto i mean has the band hit canada a decent amount have you played there i uh i never realized for the longest time but i don't think it's very hard to get over there from detroit is it it's it's right easy. across the river yeah we're actually detroit's actually slightly north of, of canada um but yeah no we we do canada usually once a year um occasionally more than that but we'll get up there for a long weekend uh we've got an event in montreal that we do we try to do every year it's a it's a party for a friend of ours who who does it at this bar 
that we really like and and we tend to book some shows around that and then we'll either hit uh toronto or or um maybe windsor or london or st Catharines or something on the way on the way up there and back to to make a weekend out of it um but yeah we've we've been over there several times yeah yeah i i forget that with detroit that you're right uh I the I think the first time I visited there I was going to like the Motown Museum took a wrong turn and was like going into a tunnel that was leading me to Canada. Uh oh. So, yeah. 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 I don't. I, I was thinking that later. I'm like, yeah. I don't think uh, you guys are terribly far away. So yeah, that's uh. You're in another one. You were talking about that with Jamestown earlier, but I also feel like uh, where you're at up there in in Michigan and Detroit and everything like you're in a nice spot where nothing's terribly like even looking at your tour dates like the way. The amount of states and stuff you can hit with within, you know, I mean, I, I assume like a day's drive or whatever you guys are doing, like you can you can get quite a few places from there. Oh, absolutely. You know, and 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 kind of to circle back to the Canada thing. I mean, we're four hours from Buffalo, you know, oh, through right. Canada, through. So we can cut through Canada and we can be we can you know, we can leave home at two o'clock in the afternoon and make a Buffalo show that night, you know? Wow. And if, if we, if we had to go around Lake Erie, it would be probably seven hours, you know, yeah. so seven, eight hours. So that's really cool. But yeah, I mean, we, you know, we can get, uh, we can get as far West as Minneapolis. Uh, you know, we can get as far South as, as Nashville pretty easily or Knoxville. Um, I mean, we can get easily Pittsburgh. Um, if we really pushed it, we could, we could get out to like Philly or something like that. Upstate New York is, is no problem, you know, but, uh, we do a lot of, we do a lot of Kentucky. We get down to Kentucky very regularly. That's uh, Lexington's probably our best city. Um, we try to do Knoxville once or twice a year. We do well there and, and, you know, we, what we'll normally do is, is just, we'll, we'll just kind of start with something in mind and then we'll get something and then we'll just kind of route around it. However it makes sense, you know, and then once or twice a year, we'll go for a longer run where we can actually get down to Texas or down to Florida or, or the Carolinas or Atlanta or, or Alabama, something that we could, that we couldn't do as easily on a, on a, a three or four night weekend. Yeah, I was I was talking to uh, another musician a while ago, and I think basically some of those places you were just talking about mentioning, like playing around you, they kind of called like I think it's the I think it's on I ninety five, like the I ninety five tour, where it's like just the amount of places you can hit, like starting up in Ohio, and then just riding down ninety five all the way down to like Knoxville. Like there's all these like cities on it. Oh, it's probably seventy five. Yeah, seventy five. Yeah. Okay, seventy five. Yeah. yeah, just no, like absolutely, you can yeah, plan a whole tour off that interstate, basically. I mean, 75 will get you, will get you down through Dayton, down, down to Lexington, uh, all the way down to, to Knoxville and Atlanta, you know? So absolutely you can, you can do the 75 corridor 95 though. It, it, you mentioned that, I mean, up the East coast, that's a, that's just kind of a similar thing, you know, you can do Portland, Boston, Providence, you know, down through DC, you can do that kind of stuff too. So there's, there's 94 goes east west you know it starts in detroit and it, it ends i i think in seattle but you can do you know you can do chicago milwaukee madison minneapolis lacrosse you know so absolutely there are those corridors and and yeah we will take advantage of those for sure oh totally i wanted to also ask i know you you said you just played up in the upper peninsula uh, peninsula recently i mean i was i'm very interested in this i've i've uh 
anytime I go up through like northern Michigan and stuff, I think it's one of the prettiest places in the country. What like musically, I mean, are there music scenes and stuff up there? Little are there little pockets of like places that have that have shows and stuff going on up there? I've always I've always wondered that in that part of Michigan, what was you know, musically what was going on. Sure. Yeah. So so I I I call Marquette my home. You know, I, I went to high school there and went went to college for a year there. Uh, and that's that's right in the in the central upper peninsula, right on the shore of Lake Superior, right in the middle. And that's the it's the largest town in the UP. Um, I don't I don't know that I'd go so far to say that they have a scene. There are a couple places there to play. They do get the occasional concert or the occasional um, touring band that goes through there. Um, you know, I mean, we played at a brewery up there. We did two nights. I mean, like I said, I've got some history there, so it's maybe a little easier for me to to get that kind of stuff up there mm. but um it is i mean it is it is a difficult place to get to you know i mean when we we barely got into the up because there was ice falling off the bridge so it was oh, closed <laughs> for the entire day yeah we barely got in and uh we were actually late for the show because of that and there's no other way i mean unless you want to no, go, you have go through Michigan. minnesota right you gotta yeah, go through wisconsin yeah. and minnesota and everything yeah, or unless you want to go through um, Ontario, right? Oh, so there's there is no easy other there is no other option to get up there. Um, but it, you know it it is beautiful country, and there's really, really no place like it. I still have great friends up there, and um, you know it was a great weekend. And then we almost didn't get out because we were going down the freeway, and then they closed the freeway because of whiteout conditions. So we had to like backtrack half an hour and drive through the woods to get down to the the southern shore of the upper peninsula and then back finally back to the bridge but um wow so it was a lot of work <laughs> it was a lot of work but it was it was a great weekend and i mean that's those are the things that that great stories are are made out of so i'm not complaining about it but uh that... it, i don't you know to be honest with you man it's like you know it's a college town i mean i I have a lot of friends who come out. There are certainly some people who get into the stuff we're doing, but I think, I think a lot of people up there uh, would be all the, all the more happier if it, if it was a reggae band or a jam band or, or a funk band or something, you know, I, I, I don't think that, I don't think we're the bread and butter of the, of the venues up there. I, you know, I bet if they get a, a good reggae band up there, that place is probably packed to the gills and, you know, yeah, probably a, a very good night for, 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 all concerned yeah I've, I've always been interested in that because yeah i mean i've i've ventured through there a few times you're right i mean for one you got to kind of go out of your way to go there it's not really unless you're like what is it route two i think drives unless you're like going i yep. guess that way so for some reason that while you're touring like unless you're doing that i there, there's not really a uh placement wise yeah it's not really on the way to anything but always but that's always... that's also what makes it great though i mean it's that's why it's so beautiful up there and unspoiled and desolate. Oh, you're right about you're right about that you know i mean it's it's you know it ain't las vegas you know you no. go up there and and you're breathing clean air and you can see more stars than you've ever seen in your life and and it's it's a whole different it's a whole different place so uh that you have to work for that that's you know that's that's not your backyard so that's that's there's something really cool about the fact that it is so far away it it is when i lived in uh, minneapolis i mean northern minnesota you know on yep. the other part of lake superior it's like it's the same thing it's like thank god people don't know like thank god people don't realize this is up here it's amazing right. keep it keep it like you know kind of secretive like that it's like i it's, those, it's better that yeah. way and those places are uh they're 
less and less frequent, you know, so yeah, people right. are, people are discovering those places, you know, and people are starting to go to those places and those places are growing and, uh, that needs to stop. You know, <laughs> yeah, well, uh, yeah, I don't know if you can, I mean, no, you can't, you but know? I'm just saying it needs to, st- it can stop. Cause I'm saying it, yeah. people need to yes. stop commercializing these places and, and too many people in them. It takes away the yeah. beauty. I'm with you. But uh, you know, so I mean, a few a few more for you here, and then sure. I'll uh, and then I'll let you go. Outside of music, I mean, I know you you write about music and do quite a bit, like in that in that uh, aspect. Like, when did you start doing that that aspect of your writing? When did you start like writing about music? When did that kind of come into play for you? Oh boy, that's a good question. You know, um, I I actually uh, I actually graduated college with an English degree. And I've always, I, I mean, even back in school, like writing was the only thing I could ever really do um, that, that I didn't just hate with a passion. I mean, I hated math, you know, I, I didn't have the patience for science. Um, so I've always, I've always kind of been a, a writer. And I guess, you know, I, with the birth of the internet, I started writing for, for a couple websites doing, um, record reviews, concert reviews, interviews with musicians, whatever, stuff like that. And sort of worked my way through a couple of those things that have since gone under. And then um, about four or five years ago, maybe, I uh, there's a band called Watershed from Columbus, Ohio, who were a pretty big deal back in the 90s. And, they, you know, they were signed to Epic Records and they toured with the Smithereens and, and you know, they they had some success and uh, long story short um their bass player put out a book about four or five years ago called hitless wonder and it kind of tells their story you probably you would probably actually really like this book it sounds but neat it's, yeah it's it's his it's his story of watershed's existence and and i think what he calls minor league rock and roll and um <laughs> And it talks about going to places like Marquette and playing the dive bar circuit and all the way up through getting signed to the same record label as Cheap Trick and touring with the Smithereens and all this. Right. And then, you know, getting married, having, you know, becoming a teacher, having kids and all this. It's an excellent book. But I did a review of that book for a website I was writing to at the time called uh, Motor City Rocks. And um, and then the studio we record at in Saline, Michigan, south of Ann Arbor is the same studio that Watershed's been using for, for several years, like since back in the nineties. And they were going through a guitar change and they needed some tracks. And the guy at the studio, Tim Padlin, who we work with said, I know this guy, Jeremy, he'd be, he'd be really good on your, on your single. So I went and played, I went in and did some tracking on a single they did about a few years ago started talking to their guitar player, Colin, who runs the pencil storm website that I write for and started doing reviews for them and pieces for them and having ideas and kind of, uh, I guess adding my two cents to the, you know, stuff we could do to improve the site. And, uh, and now I'm, I guess, I guess I'm the co-exec co-editor in chief or something like that nice. at this point yeah so i mean it's you know it's it's all for fun it's not a it's not a money-making venture or anything like that but um but there is an audience it gives me a chance to you know to 
to, to talk about heavy metal or whatever else is on my mind at the moment. And, um, and it, and it's a lot of fun. Yeah. I, I enjoy that quite a bit. No, I like it. I, I think your, uh, your passion for music comes out in it, which I, I enjoy seeing something like that where like, you know, a lot of people I feel like do one or the other, but you do, but you know what I mean? Play music or write about it or something, but you doing both. I feel like you're, uh, your passion and your knowledge too. I don't, I don't think it hurts that you are a musician yourself. I think it, uh, I think it only helps with your writing and everything. I think it, I don't know. I think it comes out really good. If you're a music fan, you, uh, well, you... thanks man. That's, that's really nice. You know, I'll, I'll definitely, uh, I'll definitely take that. I appreciate that. You know, and it's, it's like I said, it's, it's not a money-making thing. It's not something that, uh, you know, I, I, I don't have the time to put into it that I put into the music and, you know, I, sometimes I wish I did, but, um, you know, it is, it's, it's for fun, but it's also, it is also something that, that we all, everybody at pencil storm works hard on and we're always trying to, trying to get better and, and do cool things. So I, I really appreciate that. Is that pencilstorm.com? Is that where people can go? It is. Nice. It is pencilstorm.com. Yep. Yeah. Go check all, go check all that out. So, I mean, let's, uh, you know, let's wrap up here. What can people expect from the band for the rest of the year? I mean, what do you, what do you have going on in the foreseeable future? Yeah, that's, that's an easy one. I mean, we've got <laughs> shows, you know, I mean, we're going to be playing, uh, we, we're, we've got a good run coming up here in April. We've got a longer, we've got a longer run coming up in May and then we're doing upstate New York in June. Uh, we'll probably do some more localish stuff, uh, July, August, not great touring months for us. And then we're going to get out for a longer run in the fall. We're hoping to get down to the Southeast, uh, back to Georgia and, and Alabama and, and the Carolinas, some places we haven't played in a few years. Um, we, uh, we, yeah, we just put out that three CD thing that we've been talking about. We also just did a song for Guided by Voices tribute that came out oh, uh, nice. two weeks ago, I think. It came out on, I want to say, April 1st. So we did a, yeah, there's like 23 bands. Um, not all of them, but most of them are Michigan bands. It's, it's a it's a Michigan label, uh, Phone of, Phone of Four Records, and it's free. It's absolutely free on Bandcamp. So, uh, anyone can go in and get that. And we have a song on there and, uh, what else? So I, we've got a seven inch coming out in the fall. Nice. And I, uh, I produced a band out of Lansing called a rueful noise and they've got a seven inch coming out that I produced and our drummer Gabriel, uh, did the engineering for, oh, nice. and that's yeah, really, really good stuff. It's, it, it I wouldn't say it sounds like the two goes, it's a bit darker. It's kind of like a darker version of the Pixies or something, but it's, it's, it's really, really great stuff. So, so much going on. I mean, it's, yeah, I could, I, I could <laughs> no keep kidding. Talking. There's a lot, man. It's, it's a, it's been a really busy year so far and it's, it's not going to let up. And, uh, there's, there's still stuff, uh, we're still figuring it out to an extent too. So hopefully a new record next year. We'll see. That's, that's kind of the loose plan. You know, we've got, we've got a handful of new songs and, um, you know, we're when we're ready, we'll uh, we'll start working on number five. Is this uh, is this your first time outside of producing, like you know, like producing your own stuff? Is this your first time ever producing like another band, or have you done that before? No, it is. It is my first time uh, doing that actually, and it was a it was a, a pretty significant learning experience. You know, um, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. They're 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 great songs. They're great musicians and. Learned a lot of uh, a, a lot of what to do, a lot of what not to do. Um, 
you know, I would love to do some more of it, but it is, uh, it, it was, uh, it was a lot of work, but yeah, it was, it was really cool. I was really grateful that they, that they kind of let me in like that. That's awesome. No, it was really yeah. cool. So where can, uh, now, now where can people go find all this stuff? Where can they find John Lyon? Where can they go buy the three new albums? Where do we go get all this good stuff? Sure. Well, I would say I would send everyone to the com, which is, uh, that'll get you anywhere you want to go. I mean, we're out there on, on all the socials and everything. It's, it's not hard to find us on any of that stuff. Um, I try to, I try to be at, as active as I can on Twitter, um, which isn't as active as, as a lot of people, but I try Instagram, Facebook, all that stuff. Uh, a, a lot of our music is at Bandcamp. We also have a store linked from our website. And, um, if anybody owns a record store or knows somebody who owns a record store, our label is, is GTG records of Lansing and they're distributed by recess ops. So any record store can, can get GTG titles, including our last two records from recess ops. And, um, yeah, it's, it's not hard. I mean, we're, we're not hiding. So it's, um, it's not hard for, for people to get out there and figure out what's going on. And you probably come grab the album at the uh, merch table too. Go, uh, go see them. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, you know, we, You're we kind of live for, we, 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 we live for playing live. We love playing live. We love meeting people and we love, um, we love getting our records into, into people's hands all over, you know, wherever we play. That's, that's kind of our goal. So, uh, yeah, come on out and see us, come on up and say hi. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's, that's, that's everything for us. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Jeremy, this has been great. If you're listening to the podcast, we'll, uh, we'll play a couple songs off the uh, three albums. If you're listening to the radio show, we'll play a ton off the, uh, of the three albums, but whatever one you're listening to, we'll kick it off with a uh, track one off bottled regrets. Here is ain't my house anymore right here on the power chord hour. <laughs> Where we used to play 
This is Stephen Bradley, and you're listening to the Power Chord Hour. On the Power Court Hour podcast, that was Jeremy Porter and the Tucos with Avenues Are for Heroes. Before that was Jeremy Porter and the Tucos with Patty's Not Impressed. And opening up that block of music was Jeremy Porter and the Tucos with Ain't My House Anymore. You can hear all three of those songs on the brand new retrospective Bottle Regrets, the best of the first 10 years. And that goes along with the other two new releases, Castaways, Rarities, and B-Sides from the first 10 years, and Patty's Not Impressed. 
live in Toronto. Go grab all of those on the Jeremy Porter and the Tuco's Bandcamp page. Go pick them up from their website. You can get them on CD if that is your thing and you don't want just digital. Whatever, go grab it. I want to thank Jeremy so much for calling in and being this week's guest. Really, really fun talking to him. We've been playing him on the show for a while now. And uh, it was great to finally have him on. Hopefully he gets back to Jamestown at some point because I would absolutely love to go see him. And, you know, if you're listening around Jamestown or you're in Buffalo, uh, he is playing up there in June. So make sure you go check him out. But no matter where you are, if you're in the uh, U.S. or, you know, we also talked about him playing Canada, definitely go check out the website because he is playing dates all over. Uh, Jeremy Porter and the Two Ghosts, by far, like by all means, is a touring band and uh, and really seems like a good one. You know, I, I sadly have not seen them live yet, but I have seen live video and they're amazing. So uh, hopefully you enjoyed that. Definitely go grab those three new releases and a happy 10 years to Jeremy Porter and the Two Ghosts. Here is to another 10 more for them. And uh, yeah, so that is going to be this episode of the Power Chord Hour podcast. Make sure you tune in next week. I have Leo from the band Reminders calling in. I cannot wait to talk to him. Uh, their new record, Best of Beach Punk, which is their debut record, is already one of my favorites of the year. It is it is one of the best things to come out. I have uh, I have already spoken praises, I believe, of it on the on the podcast and radio show already. But uh, So if you listen, you might already know how stoked I am about the band. But I'm very excited to have Leo on next week. So hopefully you enjoyed this one. Check back in next week. You'll enjoy that one as well. Uh, follow us online. We are at PowerCord Hour on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Please give us a follow on any and all of those. We are on YouTube. Just search PowerCord Hour. You'll find the show there. Uh, you can listen to the podcast anywhere you get your podcast, wherever you're listening now and beyond. And uh, if you would, please rate, review, and subscribe anywhere and everywhere for that. That is one of the biggest ways to help us. If you want to hear the radio show, we got new radio shows for you every Friday night, 8 to midnight Eastern on 107.9 WRFA in Jamestown, New York. You can stream the station from anywhere at WRFALP.com. So check that out. And also, I just got some brand new Power Chord Hour stickers in the mail. I want to send you some for free. Just hit me up with your address. Email me, powercordhour at gmail.com. I will gladly send you some out, so just hit me up. And that is going to be it. Until next week for the Power Chord Hour podcast, I'm Anthony Merchant. Thank you so much for listening.